Today we continue our um, early fall or pre-fall, if you will, series of messages um, looking at some of the things Jesus has to say in the Gospel of Matthew that challenge us to really reflect on what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to say yes to Jesus' call and commands for us if we're going to live into this life of discipleship. And so two weeks ago, we began with the theme of compassion and really kind of zeroed in particularly on the idea of compassionate welcome, a way of extending hospitality to others by really seeing them the way that God sees us with great love, uh, to see others in such a way that, that uh, they, they feel seen and noticed. And then last week, uh, Catherine turned our attention to mercy uh, and, and paying attention to looking at others with eyes not of judgment but with mercy <clears throat> and then inviting them uh, to recognize themselves as a part of the family of God. <clears throat> Today, we take the next step. And you might say that week one plus week two, compassion plus mercy, is what leads us to action. Uh, a heart that overflows as we see things, as we recognize things about others, leads us to act. Now, this is a theme that is uh, seen time and time again in Scripture, which just one place I'll point to is in the letter of James, where he very clearly says to his listeners, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. So if compassion and mercy don't lead us to action, then we are just talkers. We are not walkers. And God calls us to be walkers in the faith, not just talkers. So today we're going to read a passage that begins late in the ninth chapter of Matthew, and I invite you to follow along as I read these verses for us. Jesus traveled among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The size of the harvest is bigger than you can imagine, but there are few workers. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out workers for his harvest. He called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to throw them out and to heal every disease and every sickness. This is the word of God for the people of God, and God's people say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit and breathe life into the words that I speak, that they might carry a word from you into our hearts and lives this morning. Amen. You know, whenever we come to Scripture, whether it is when we are individually studying uh, the words of the Bible, or if we're in a small group, or even in a context like now when we are in worship together, one of the ways we can learn from that Scripture and one of the ways we can listen for how it might apply in our lives is to ask questions of the Scripture. 
What questions bubble up as you read the words on the page? So this week, as I was thinking about this particular passage, it occurred to me that the five W's could be a really helpful framework for understanding the call to action that is ours to see and to have in this passage. Who, what, when, where, why? So we're going to look at those five questions today as we dive more deeply into the scripture verses that I just read. So we start with who. Who is this passage talking about? Well, first and foremost, it's talking about Jesus. The very first verse out of the gate is about the ministry that Jesus was carrying out in the towns and in the cities, the way he was going about healing people and curing illness and disease and announcing the good news of the kingdom. Interestingly, this verse that we start with is an exact parallel to a verse that we find earlier in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 4, word for word in many translations. And the, the, the section that is between those two verses is all about Jesus teaching and Jesus doing. So, for example, one of the long sections between chapter 4 and chapter 9 is the section that we know primarily as the Sermon on the Mount. And then there are stories of Jesus traveling and impacting people's lives and healing. And so, the verse today is a moment where the story pivots Because now, whereas the last several chapters of Matthew have told us about everything that Jesus does, now Jesus is going to turn the attention to what he calls others to do. And so the next who that we're invited to see in this passage is the 12. The first chapter, the first verse of chapter 10 reminds us or says to us that Jesus calls the 12. Now, there were lots of people that had been following Jesus as he taught and as he ministered, but it is here in the Gospel of Matthew where we hear the 12 called out and named in the verses that immediately follow verse 1 so that we know who it is that first were called to respond to Jesus' invitation to take action. So as we hear their names, we might realize that Jesus can call anyone to this work. After all, we hear the name Peter, and when we hear that name Peter, perhaps we remember that he's the guy who was always sticking his foot in his mouth, and he's also the guy who, at a crucial moment in time, actually denied even knowing Jesus, and yet Jesus chose him. He also chose Peter's brother, Andrew, and they were both fishermen. They carried out their everyday trade, but they left that behind in order to follow Jesus, along with another pair of fishermen brothers, James and John, who in one place are referred to as the sons of thunder. And when I hear that, I imagine these two guys might have perhaps been like bulls in a china shop at times, and yet Jesus calls them. And then there's Philip and Bartholomew, and Bartholomew in the Gospel of John is named Nat Nathaniel. And if you remember Nathaniel, when he first hears about this guy, Jesus of Nazareth, he is anything but sure about who this guy is. In fact, he's quite skeptical, and yet Jesus chooses him. And we hear about Thomas, the one who has to touch Jesus after his resurrection to know that it's real. 
and yet Jesus chooses him. Matthew, the tax collector, as Catherine reminded us last week, not exactly the most well-liked guy in town, but Jesus chooses him. And then there's James, and there's Thaddeus, and there's, the, there's Simon the Canaanian, an outsider, if you will, who gets chosen. And then lastly, Judas, even Judas is in that group of 12. So as we think about that, then perhaps that opens the door for us to also realize that the who isn't just about the 12. The who is about anyone who will say yes to Jesus' call. And in the year 2023, that's people like you and me. We are part of the who, by extension, that are identified today as ones who were meant to be a part of carrying out Jesus' work. So what exactly is that? What is the nature of Jesus' call to us? Well, for today, we hear very clearly that it is to be workers sent out to the harvest. You know, the church's greatest failure over the course of history has not been a lack of belief. It's been a lack of action. A failure to act that in such a way that it grows out of the compassion and mercy that God puts into our hearts, and we fail to go out and to do. Today, we specifically hear a call to follow in Jesus' footsteps and to do the things that Jesus did. This is made so clear that again, we see words paralleled at the beginning and the end of this passage. So in verse 35 of chapter 9, Jesus is the one who is going around to cities and towns and is healing every disease and every sickness. And then when we get to verse 1 in chapter 10, and Jesus calls the 12, maybe you noticed what it is that Jesus tells them to do, to heal every sickness and every disease. Again, word for word, what Jesus has done, Jesus is now saying to the disciples, you go and do this as well. Now, perhaps you hear that and you think, but I can't do that. I don't have the capacity to heal people. I can't be a part of that work. My friends, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because there is a lot of hurt and a lot of brokenness and a lot of need for people to be seen, to be heard, to be noticed, to receive compassion in tangible and actionable ways that can be a part of the work of healing in the world today. We all can be a part of healing in our world today. Yes, we can. And so then, we would do well to see ourselves in the long line of apostles from the first that are identified here to those that are part of the present. Now that word apostle maybe is a little intimidating for you. Or maybe you hear the word apostle and you think of a particular group of people that is set apart, maybe preachers or teachers. And yet, 
That word apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos, which literally translated simply means one who is sent. And we all, as a part of the call we hear from Jesus in this scripture today, are ones who are sent. One way to think about this might be to reflect on John 3.16, a verse that I'm sure many of you memorized at some point along the way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, or in some translations, he sent his only son. God sent Jesus into the world to minister, to heal, to announce the good news of the kingdom for all people. And in turn, the Son, Jesus, sends out disciples into the world to continue carrying out that ministry. So what about when? When exactly does Jesus want his followers to do this? Well, Jesus very intentionally uses the image of the harvest here in this passage to create a sense of urgency for us. Anybody here ever been a part of of, uh, participating in harvest time? Anybody have that experience? Maybe you grew up on a farm. Maybe uh, Maybe you have produce that you grow yourself even now. Timeliness, excuse me, timeliness is everything, right? You pick when the picking is right. I had a good lesson in this just this past spring. Catherine and I were spending a little bit of time at what we call the family farm up in North Carolina. And there's this wonderful cherry tree that is just outside the back door of the house. And I went out one day. I could tell it was time. I did some picking. I got tired. It was a little warm. I was like, okay, this is enough for today. I'll go pick some more tomorrow. The Phoebes and the Cardinals beat me to it tomorrow. (laughs) And by the time I went out there, they left the pits for me, but the cherries were gone. Timeliness is everything when it comes to the harvest. And so in using the image of the harvest, Jesus is saying to his disciples and to us, now is the time. This is work that cannot wait. There are people that are hurting now. There are people that are in need now. There is work to be done for the sake of announcing the good news of the kingdom now. Just one example of that is what is happening right now and what Marissa shared for us in the time of prayers happened yesterday in Jacksonville. Tomorrow, friends, tomorrow is the 60th anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. We are 60 years past that speech, that vision of what the world not only could look like, but should look like in terms of the ways in which we relate to one another as brothers and sisters, all created in the image of God. 60 years later, dreaming is not enough, my friends. We, every one of us, need to be about action, living in such a way, speaking in such a way, that we make it crystal clear That there is no room for marginalizing people on the basis of skin color or any other difference that they might have from others. Now 
is the time for us to go into the harvest and proclaim the good news. And we are called to respond to the need that is right in front of and all around us. Where do we do this work? Well, again, Jesus does something pretty intentional here at this point in the story to let us know that the answer to that question is everywhere. The number 12, in terms of the apostles that are appointed at this point, is not a random number. If we go back to the Hebrew Scriptures, there are 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes that grow out of the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name becomes Israel. 12 tribes that cover the entire span of Israel. 12 apostles meant to be sent out to cover the entire span of God's people, which while initially was understood as the people of Israel, quickly grows in Jesus' ministry to be for all people. So that by the end of the Gospel of Matthew, in the Great Commission, we hear Jesus say to the disciples that he is appointing them to go out to all nations. And he says to them, and I will be with you. This is not work that any of us has to do alone. The Spirit of Christ goes before us and is behind us and is with us as we take action out of the compassion and mercy that God pours into our hearts. This work starts, again, with what is right in front of us. In the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus sends the disciples out, he says, start in Jerusalem because Jerusalem is home base. But then from there, you're going to go out to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we can start with what is right in front of us even with the, other, with the opportunities that are available to us as a part of this congregation. You know, we have both a tremendous privilege and responsibility as a sizable community of faith in our community to have impact, to make a difference. Each of us can take action in some way that does that. And as we go out from the church, and we participate with lives in our, the places where we live, the places where we work, the places where we play, the places where we buy groceries, the places where we shop, the places where we meet others. We are called to make what an author that I read a few years ago calls the Monday connection. To take what we hear in Scripture on Sunday or perhaps at other times when we read it, and put it into application Monday to Saturday. Lastly, the last question, why? Well, this is an easy one. Because Jesus says so. I mean, it is crystal clear in the passage today, and not only in this passage, but turn to a lot of other passages, and we'll hear it there too. Jesus says so. But here's what's interesting about this passage today. Jesus first says to the disciples to pray, plead 
with the Lord of the harvest. And that word plead is a word that also means pray, to pray fervently. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into the harvest. But no sooner has Jesus finished telling them to pray that, then what does he do? He says, go. So the ones who were praying are now the ones who are told to go. Has that ever happened to you when you've prayed before? Be careful when you pray. Because when we pray, and when we ask God to do something, when we ask God to show up and to help with a situation, if we are willing to pay attention to the nudge of the Spirit, we just might find ourselves being one of the ones who are being told to go as well. Praying leads to action. So a friend of mine, Kyle Matthews, has a song entitled, Praying a Prayer. And the bridge of the song goes like this. Most people pray for shelter or food, for friendship, for forgiveness, a bit of good news. And they are praying a prayer that even I could answer. Friends, who is praying a prayer right now that you could answer? Who is praying a prayer right now that you could answer? In just a few moments, we have a group of folks who are going to become new members in the life of Trinity. And we are so excited to welcome you all as a part of this community of faith. And every time we welcome new members into the family of faith, it is an opportunity for those of us who are already members to reaffirm our commitment to live together as followers of Jesus, to take action. On your seats this morning, when you came in, you may have noticed some little cards that can help you with this. On one side, there are some suggestions for ways to take action through relationships. On the other side are some suggestions to take action through service. Now, of course, relationships and service are interrelated, but those two sides of the card may just be some prompts to get you started in thinking about where you might go and take action to prime the pump for you in paying attention to where God is calling you. Because compassion plus mercy leads to action. And so the question I'll leave you with this morning is this. For whom is Christ moving you to have compassion and mercy? And what are you going to do about it? Will you pray with me? Loving God, you call us in to be a part of your community. And you call us out to live as witnesses to what we find of your goodness in community. We pray that you would grant us the courage to respond, to go where we are sent, to take action, 
as we participate in announcing the good news. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.